Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm on the phone, but I'm here. But he is here. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. He's a working man. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Barbasol Shave Club. Barbasol, the brand trusted by generations of men for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, clean, and comfortable shave, now has razors. Featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus razor. With refills now just $1.99 per cartridge. A premium shave doesn't have to come at a premium cost. Visit Barbasol.com to join today. So, big things happening. Not the biggest things. We didn't even have a first round pick, but the draft is now concluded. And uh, Brown's picked up a couple of new people. Obviously, everyone is most excited about our second round draft pick, Greedy Williams, who a lot of people had as the best cornerback in this class. Um, what are you guys thinking about Greedy? Well, if we go back to our prop bets, I, I had picked the field that the field would be the first DB drafted, but Greedy Williams was just plus 105 to be, to be the first cornerback draft, defensive back drafted. There was a lot of consensus that he was not only the best cornerback in this draft, but perhaps the best defensive back overall. Um, so to see him slide all the way to 46, 46, we yeah, we traded up, um, is I think pretty shocking. And then I think we have to walk away feeling pretty good about getting a player of his caliber without a first round pick. Yeah. Pro football focus had greedy ranked as their number nine overall player in this entire draft. So obviously not all the NFL teams felt that way, but, uh, John Dorsey felt, uh, that he was good enough player to jump up just a couple spots, gave up a fifth-round pick, and jumped up three spots to go to 46 instead of 49. Michael, what do you yeah. what do you feel about that? Have, have you talked to anybody who's had any interesting insight into maybe why he slid as far as he did? No, I don't think anybody has any particular reason why he slid. I think some of the NFL people didn't love the fact that his tackle um, share and stuff wasn't very good this past year. Um, but I've heard a lot of interesting stuff that he was just protecting himself. A lot of people think they knew, everybody knew how talented he was. And I think he just didn't want to get hurt, which you want somebody maybe that has a little bit more inherent competitiveness, but for a guy that's come from poverty to want to protect his value in the NFL. Like, I guess I kind of understand that it's hard to really knock that. It's not ridiculous. But, when you look at can't blame that our, one bit. Go ahead, Mark. No, I was just saying you can't blame that one bit. You keep going. No. So, but I'm just excited about this because of the athleticism that he has, the ability to play press. Everybody said that he's the best press corner in the draft, and he's so much longer than Denzel Ward is. Imagine what I mean, we're going to be able to do with he, him and Denzel Ward. We've got two guys who Denzel's already proved it. Greedy still has to, but theoretically can just go one-on-one with the team's receivers. Then we've got Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon screaming off the edge, and we have how seven other players that can do whatever else the defense needs to do. We can rush. We can drop back into coverage. We can, we can do so much having that flexibility. I mean, four three seven, he ran. <laughs> so you got no concerns there. He's long, like as long as he's competitive. And like I've heard other people say too, this is great because you're not drafting him like you've got to be the number one guy. In fact, he's going to have to compete probably to get a starting spot on our roster. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a given 
that on day one he starts opposite Ward. I would think that it's going to be a competition between him and Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. So I think that's got to be a good thing for him to walk into, to have to fight and earn it. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thrilled with the Greedy Williams situation. I did not want us to take him at 17 when I thought that we were there because I do have some question marks about his like competitiveness and the fact that he kind of like shied away in a handful of competitive situations. There's plays where he kind of took off, but for the value of where we got him in the middle of the second round, like the, the talent level is just too hard to pass up at that point. So I'm excited about it. I think it's, it's, it's great for the Browns. Yeah. And talking about him and Denzel Ward, both being opposite of each other, uh, Greedy is 21 years old. Denzel Ward is also 21 years old. He turns 22 tomorrow, but that's regardless of the fact. So we got two young guys that at least have four more years. Denzel's got four more on his contract. Greedy we got in the second round, so he's got four on his rookie contract. We got four years of them. If Greedy comes so what's in, what's going to be interesting is literally, yeah, <clears> they both they both run out at the same time. If we take the fifth year option, if we take the fifth year option for um, Ward, which. Right now, you would have to assume that's going to happen unless he starts keeps getting hurt or something. They're gonna both of their deals will be up at the exact same time. That's all right. That's a problem we'll deal with four years from now. Yeah, but that's four years of like great cornerback <laughs> play. Hopefully, they both stay healthy. Hopefully, that's I awesome. mean, I feel pretty good that we'll get great quarterback play from Denzel for the next four years. We'll see. We'll see what Greedy can do at this level. Um, it's also going to be side, interesting. We've got those locked down, and then the safeties are going to be up in the air over the next four, three, four I was, years. I was just about to go there. This, the flip side is, is there's a ton of awesome safeties on the board, both at this pick and in our third round, and we kind of steered steered away from the safeties, the, the top-level safeties at least. I thought we might be going up to get one today even. Um and I don't know what that means. I really thought that, I mean, we did get one, but it just seems like there's not much of a effort there. And it scares me that um, Dorsey might be willing to pay big dollars to keep. Uh, Demarius Randall. I, Demarius yes, Randall. To keep Demarius Randall around. And it's I don't it. know if that's definitely the spot where we want to dedicate a bunch of dollars. It's either that or he doesn't value the, the safety position very highly. And so sure. he'd, he'd rather fill, fill other roles. It'll be interesting to see um, which route he takes. Because, I mean, safe, safeties on the free agent market, especially free safeties, we're getting crazy contracts this offseason. So I'd, Randall's not going to come cheap. So especially with some of, the, some of the other contracts we have coming up down the line and then the talk that – I mean, I was thinking this didn't come to fruition, but we were looking to trade for Chris Harris allegedly. Like we would have had to give him a big contract. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that would have almost assuredly meant the, the end of Denzel or Demarius Randall at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm really glad that Chris Harris thing didn't come out. It would have been nice <laughs> for this year because his contract's only like $8 million or something for this year. But then you're just going right back. It's only a one-year fix, and who knows what we would have had to give up. I just don't think that would have been worth it at all. So much rather be in this position with Greedy Williams on a rookie contract. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. So who we did get um, uh, at safety, we got Sheldrick Redwine. Um, he's the safety out of University of Miami. He's six feet tall, 196 pounds, so not huge. Um, runs a 4-4-4, 40 time. 
So pretty good for a safety. Pretty good for a safety. Um, I don't know a ton about Redwine, but uh, Brugler had him ranked as the 18th best safety in his draft class, which obviously we drafted him way higher than that. Um, Michael, do you have any thoughts about this Redwine pick? Yeah, so I've been around all the guys from Draft Network for the last couple of days, and they are all like, oh, that's a good player. That's a good player. So they all see him as a slot-type player. He sounds like the exact same type of player that we got from the Chiefs. What's that guy's name? Eric Murray. Eric Murray. You yeah, really can't like remember. He's like an Eric name. Murray clone. I can never remember <laughs> Eric Murray's name. I think it's like too plain of a name. <laughs> it's like too normal of a name. I think that's legitimately the third time on the podcast you've not known his name. Oh yeah, I'm just accepting <laughs> it at this point. <laughs> okay. And he's only, and we only have him signed for one year, so it's yeah. almost like, is it worth remember trying to remember? I'm not yeah, sure. you might not even need to. <laughs> Um, but it seems like his skill set is really similar to Eric Murray in that, yes, he's a safety, but you can put him in the slot and he can succeed there too. Yeah, he, seems, so, he seems like one of those guys who maybe didn't, maybe didn't flash and didn't dominate, but was productive college player. Uh, we talked about to Dane, and, I mean, he's, he's looking a lot more at traits um, than productivity. So if there's, there seems to be a, a wide disparity in valuation here. And I'm wondering if, if that's that's the, kind of the crux of the issue. is he's, he's undersized, he's not huge, but he produces on the field. But he definitely has the speed, which is something anybody can get excited about. Um, so we've had a little bit of a dissent here uh, amongst our own brothers um, about our third-round pick, uh, Sion Takitaki. Best name. Sione. Sione. Oh, that, that is not a silent E. That is not a silent E. Sione Takitaki, the linebacker out of BYU. Initially, um, whenever the pick came through, I can't say that I was too excited about it. Um, but, Michael, you seem to be. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Why Why should we be excited about Sione? Okay, before we do that, can I pass along, like, on red wine? Because we're moving on from red wine. Oh, yeah, go for it. Up, I pulled up his mock draftable. He's 93rd percentile for broad jump. 87th percentile for vertical jump, 90 percentile for 40. I mean, his athletic measurables are phenomenal. The only thing that he's kind of down on is height and weight. Right. Which Which helps some of those things, right? Some of those athletic tests, like it helps when you're smaller. But still, I think it's a high upside type player that is definitely – um, going to be flying around all over the place. Which, um, honestly, will probably be really great for Wilkes' defense, where he likes to play a lot of safeties, a lot of defensive backs on the field at the same time. So, I mean, we're talking about a safety that ran a four four four. Yeah. That's fast. That's that's nice. If nothing I'm, else, I'm okay that's a killer that. special teams player. Yep. Right. I mean, I'm willing to take a, bet, a guy like that in the fourth round. Like, that sounds about right to me. So, I'm I'm okay. But you wanted to talk about Taki Taki. Yeah, Taki Taki. Tell me why I should be excited about Taki Taki. Tell the listeners why they should be excited. That's all we're looking for. Because I, mean, I don't want to be upset about this pick. I want to like this pick. We passed over a couple safeties that were pretty good at this spot. Um, we could have got Hooker. Traded out for him. Yeah. I think this pick's interesting in that they did pass up the safeties, and I would have guessed that that's where they would have gone, or with a defensive tackle like a Kalen Saunders or something like that which that's the one thing that's really pissed me off in this draft is that we had two straight years with no defensive tackles taken when it's been a huge depth priority for the Browns. But that's that's another conversation. 
Taki Taki is another good athlete. And the Kent Platt does the RAS scores. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? He's Math Bomb on yeah. Twitter. And he has Taki Taki as his number three overall linebacker in this entire class behind the Devon. And that tells me that we're looking at traits here. And he played all over the place. He played defensive end two seasons ago, Taki Taki did, and then got moved and was moving all over the place and was a captain of the team this past year at BYU. It just sounds like another movable chess piece on defense. The one thing I don't like is he looks a lot like Gennard Avery in a skill, from a skill set perspective, which if he is close to Gennard Avery but is going to be playing more primary – primarily in a linebacker role, like, that's not a bad thing, right? Like, Gennard Avery's a pretty phenomenal football player. And take another. He's got, so, Taki Taki, his measurables are pretty impressive. I mean, he's got a pretty good bench press, 67th percentile, 91st in broad jump, 82 in vert, 75th percentile in 40-yard dash. He's also got... I mean, he's an explosive athlete. He's just kind of small. I mean, he's below 50% in height, weight, wingspan, arm length, and hand size. Talk a little bit about that, his explosiveness. I saw that he's got a 1.61 10-yard split um, for his 40-yard dash, which is really, really good for a linebacker. And that's when you're talking about explosiveness, that 10-yard split is probably the most important. Just like for reference, uh, Von Miller Miller had like a 1.57. So pretty explosive. that's, That's incredible. So I also listened to either of you happen to catch the Highsmith and Elliot Wolf press conference? Not yet. Um, I was in the car and I pulled it up and was listening to it earlier today. Um, this is very clearly an Elliot Wolf pick. Like he was just glowing about Sione Takitaki and it didn't make me it did make me feel better about this pick after hearing him talk about it. That basically they had a the top players on their board were all defensive players at the time that this pick came up. And Taki Taki was far and away the highest ranked player. Like they really thought highly of this kid. And the thing he kept talking about was how violent of a tackler and a football player he is. And they like his aggressive nature. And so I think that's, that's what they're looking for is somebody to fly around and make some place. And that's what they, think they're getting so i hope they're right i'm just i basically on this one i'm trusting their evaluation like because the draft folks are all across the board on taki taki some love them some don't like them so much um and i'm just gonna trust that this front office knows what they're talking about because they have thus far with the exception of chad thomas well you want to talk about another violent tackler that we got mac wilson the linebacker alabama if if you have some time and you're listening to this podcast, just go look up a YouTube video of Mac Wilson's hardest hits. They are absolutely absurd. He's played special teams for his uh, first couple years at Alabama, and there was just some absolute pops in there. Um, all over the board, talking about as a linebacker valuation, Mac Wilson's one of those guys. About six months ago, something like that, everyone would have said that Mac Wilson's going to go in the first two rounds. He's the third best inside linebacker on Dane's board. Yeah. Which, Which we, mean, we got him in the fifth round, pick number 155 overall. I mean, it must have been... What did he do? I, I don't know. Did, did he have so, a gas mask? Was there a gas I mask incident? He, it's a personality thing. 
what I'm hearing from everybody at the Draft Network is he's a really weird dude, and he thinks really highly of himself, um, but in a in a strange way, like <laughs> like he's pretty he's pretty good, and like he doesn't talks have any self awareness in the third person, yeah. like kind of yeah. way, Max Max about to play some football, yeah. They all struggled to have like the proper words to explain his um, self confidence. That's yeah. really funny. I'll take it. Maybe getting drafted, fall into the fifth round, will kind of straighten him out a little bit. Um, but this was a, a productive, good player for Alabama. Yes. I'm excited about these two linebackers that we have that we can throw in the mix with Jannard Avery, throw in the mix with um, Joe Schobert. And then going forward, if we don't re sign Joe Schobert, we kind of have a stable of young linebackers that can step up. We have to and... re-sign Joe Schobert. Okay, this is my big question. Is this, uh, <laughs> is this a bad sign for Christian Kirksey, for Joe Schobert, for both? Like, how do you guys see this? I mean, we talked about before this draft, like, the positions that, we, that they target is kind of going to be show us who should be warned about their, uh, their roster spot being secured. And it certainly seems like linebackers should be warned, and that's either Christian Kirksey or Schobert. I mean, unless we can trade Kirksey, he's going to be on the roster because of his cap hit this year. For this if, year. If we, if we cut him. Uh, For this year. And I don't think Kirksey's going to be on the roster come next season, re- regardless, just because of the, the cost and how cheap we can get out of that deal. So I don't know that this impacts Christian Kirksey's status on this roster at all. What I do think is it probably frees up a little bit where – we maybe don't have to re-sign Joe Schobert with the same level of urgency as we would have otherwise. I mm. agree. I want us to re-sign Joe Schobert with everything you have. A but I don't want to give him ten million dollars. Middle linebacker on your him. roster, you have to keep him. Uh, someone who's as good in coverage as Joe Schobert is, with the direction that the NFL is moving where obviously that's not the only thing you want your linebacker to do, but if you can have someone that can produce at that level, you can't. Yep. You can't I'm with drop Mark. Him. I'm with Mark. Drop, dropping Kirksey and giving all that money, about $10 million, to Schobert is fine with me, and then you scrap together what you have to at the safety position. All right, here's a question for you guys. Um, so who was it in the draft that you wanted most at a specific spot that we didn't get? Mm. And why? Mm. I'll have to look. I mean, while I was watching, I I really wanted Armani Hooker um, whenever we picked Taki Taki um, there in the third round. I wanted that safety. And Hooker didn't end up going until the early fourth. Until two picks right before Redwine. Yeah. Why did you want Hooker? Why was Hooker your guy? Because there was other safeties that were there, I think. I wanted Chauncey Gardner-Johnson there. Yeah, we could have got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's probably mine, is I really wanted Chauncey Gardner-Johnson there. I I saw a lot of boards. It was mainly Dane's board that Hooker's ranked higher than Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and obviously I'm not a perfect talent evaluator, so I I lean down on uh, people that know more than me. Yeah, I don't think with our first round pick or second round pick, the first pick we had, I don't think there was anybody that I was, I was dying to get one of those two safeties, um, Juan Thornhill or Nasir Adderley, would have been nice, um, but with, with the greedy falling to us, um, I was more than happy to, 
to, to jump on that. As we go to the third round pick, number 80 overall, um, if we hadn't already picked a corner, I wanted Justin Lane there. Um, I'm pissed. Kalen Kay- the- Saunders is I'm another guy that I wanted. pissed that the Steelers got Justin Lane. Um, and we'll see what Taki Taki turns into, but um, those are those are two that I, I I feel like a couple years from now we could look back on and be like, oh man. I feel like our divisional rivals had all of them had pretty dang good drafts. The Bengals yep. had an absurd amount of picks. Yeah, the Bengals had an absurd amount of picks. We'll see what Ryan Finley turns into. I mean, they traded out. I don't feel great about what they did with all of them after Jonah Williams. I, the yeah. Bengals, I think, had the weakest of, of the drafts. It was kind of this mixed bag. I mean, they took that, that tight end um, out Drew of Sample. San Diego State. Is that where he's from? Um, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, none of, the, none of the Bengals picks really really did it for me. Um, I'm not really that scared of Jonah Williams. Um, I think he's probably an upgrade from what they've got, but I don't, I don't know that that means that much given that they've re-signed Bobby Hart to, to play their right tackle spot. Yeah, Mark. And then moving on later, I was dead set on us getting depth at defensive tackle from like the fifth round on, and we just didn't even attempt it. it drives me nuts. And, it look, and some of the guys like that I wanted as undrafted free agents look like they're going elsewhere. Like Daniel Wise is somebody that I really wanted, the kid out of Kansas. Um, he's going to Dallas. The only two I see so far for the Browns are a punter and a quarterback. And I don't care about either of those. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, we don't have a lot of holes on this roster, but I feel like there is players who could have helped us at – um, that fifth, that fifth round pick that we used on Austin Seibert. Um, we have had our kicking woes over the past two years. I don't know. Greg Joseph was okay. I mean, he like when he came in, he didn't cost us any games that I recall. No, after those first couple weeks where he was pretty shaky, after that he definitely showed up throughout the season. I mean, I I mean, I think it's important to add. I mean, if Cybert turns into a kicker for us for years to come, then I think it's a fantastic draft pick. But it's so the thing about kickers is it's so variable. You can't all the time. You can't predict how a kicker is going to do in the NFL based off his college production. Who was that guy that got drafted in the second round a couple years ago? Aguayo. Oh yeah, he's out (laughs) of the league. Out of the league. Done. Finished. You can't waste that high of a pick on him. So I think once you get Get a guy in the sixth round, I think that seems about right if he's a guy that you like. Um. Um, And then two guys who I've never heard of in our sixth and seventh round picks. I'll have to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Southeast Missouri State this year. Um, (laughs) So so Drew Forbes, um, probably coming in to play guard. They announced him as a guard. Um, The coverage I was watching, I think Todd McShay didn't feel like he had to be a guard necessarily. He could be a tackle. I mean, he played tackle at Southeast Missouri State. This felt like a classic, like, Green Bay Packers-style offensive lineman pick um, late in the he draft. He ran a sub-540. Yeah, he's athletic. He's all get out. Um, get him in the building. Let Camp and coach him up and see where you can help your team. 
I heard he was really, really quick, athletic <laughs> off the first step. They People are talking about him being shifted into being a guard, but um, with as quick as I heard his feet are, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I don't think he can come in right away and start, but definitely. It's one of these things where he is one of the – he doesn't have the arm length you would typically look at for an offensive tackle, but he's definitely got the like foot speed and the quickness that you would want. So I'm happy with that. I mean, I want – I want Campin to have all of the all of the little pet projects that he can to to fix our offensive line on the cheap, uh, which has kind of been his mo. So that'll be so we, exciting going forward. A six round draft pick is cheap. We expected one of these, right? And here he is. He's athletic. He fits the bill. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, me too. And then our uh, last pick in the seventh round, number two twenty one overall, Donnie Lewis Jr. Um, cornerback. It's a seventh round draft pick. You don't. It's, it's like hardly even worth talking about. Who is that? I mean, my, who is that seventh round pick we picked last year? Maybe he's a sixth round. Scooby pick. Wright. No. Oh, that was a long time ago. Is that two years ago? No, like that was three years that ago. Was three years ago. Um, yeah. We took that really long defensive back last year. Was our last pick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I forget what his name was. Um, all right. Is there anybody out there that? you went undrafted that you'd be interested in seeing us bring in? I was really, you know, Pete was really hot on Michael Dogby, that kid, and he went five picks before the end of the draft. But any defensive tackles, like, that's really all that I care about. I want depth on our defensive line, and we don't have it right now on the interior, and I want bodies. And Daniel Wise was a guy that I was really excited about, but he's gone. Um, let me try to look at this list and see if I can drum up any other names. Is there anybody that you have in mind? Um, Penny Hart went undrafted, one of our favorite guys from the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm yeah. interested to bring him in. Um, he came for a visit with us. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So um, he's interesting. Anthony Johnson from Buffalo was a really productive wide receiver. We don't really need receivers, but there's some interesting receivers out there. Between him and Demarcus Lodge, the third receiver from Ole Miss, um, and then David Sills, the, the um, quarterback turned wide receiver for West Virginia. Man, oh, man. Yeah. There's just – I, I, I don't have a whole lot to be excited about with this draft, you know? Like, what about Gerald Willis? It's weird to be in a spot, to be in a spot where we don't have to draft starters or impact players for this year. And you're mostly drafting guys for depth. I just am not used to being in that position. Right. And that's really what we were doing here. And so it's so much projection on on these guys because none of them are going to step into starting roles. Like, Greedy Williams is literally the only player that even, I think, has a chance to step into a starting, starting role. Yeah, potentially. I mean, looking at defensive tackle, there's two guys that seemingly could come in and help us. Um, if you're assuming Daniel Wise is already gone, and that's Gerald he Willis, is. Gerald Willis and Albert Huggins, and I don't know who those guys are talking to, but if they're if they're still available, those would be interesting names to bring in. <coughs> oh man! Well, overall, not the most exciting of drafts, but overall, that's probably a good thing. The future of the Cleveland Browns is not contingent on how well these draft picks, especially these play draft picks today yeah especially the ones today it's a good feeling um 
overall, our additions outside the draft are going to have way more of an impact on this team by far if you think about what we've done this entire offseason. I mean, if you think about Odell Beckham Jr. being our first overall draft pick, we had quite the haul. We had quite the haul. Uh, just in that alone. Uh, short pod, we got to get going, but thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, go Browns. Go Browns. Okay. Barbasol. Mm-hmm.